Upbringing, we're Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. Hey everyone, I'm Hannah, this is Kelsey, we're upbringing. We're here for our live weekly Q&A where we talk about all the things, why parenting is so hard, why parenting is so awesome, and it's summer too, which is really, really tricky, right? How to support our sensitive, strong-willed, neurodiverse kids using powers beyond control when we can. We can't always do it, but we're going to try, right? Mm-hmm. I love that you bring up summer. Today was our first day of summer break with our kids. Um, it was kind of a doozy. <laughs> it was a little tricky. Uh, we put a little thing out on Instagram today asking folks, what's the hardest in your summer mm-hmm. right now in terms of parenting? What are the trickiest elements of it? We gave a few prompts. A bunch of people wrote in. What were some of the things, Anne? Mm. So resistance to new camp, mm. sibling uh, fighting. We had like three or four sibling fightings for sure. Screen time meltdown over limits and things like that. There's a lot more screen time in the summer, sure. Oh, man. Uh, parenting around others at parties, things like that. Like different you know, outdoor engagements, family get-togethers, travel. Parenting in the wild. Totally. Um, we heard about later bedtimes because it's lighter for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids want to stay up later. That's really tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see what else. Yeah. We're I trying mean, to work things. while being home with the kids. More mess. A lot of people wrote right. back like full-time working, full-time parenting. Somehow mm-hmm. it's, I think maybe kind of triggering yeah. a lot of people uh, back to early pandemic being like, I'm just trying to get through the day, doing my work, doing the home, doing all the things and the kids are there. Can you relate, any of you? What's going on, everyone? Yeah. Type down here in the in the chat, what's a struggle for you? What are you experiencing? Or what are you anticipating that you're worried about? Yeah, we We've had a lot of people in our upbringing collective, our membership community, sharing some angst, some anxiety going into this summer. Some of them have some camps scheduled. That's full of angst and anxiety, lots of transitions, lots of new experiences. You'd think it would be exciting and helpful. Sensitive and strong-willed kids might not experience camps and transitions to a new thing every week or every two weeks the same way some other kids might, right? A lot of people are struggling a little bit with um, travel. Mm -hmm. So fun going on trips, so exciting going on trips, and I also have to parent in public. Mm -hmm. And I also have to deal with judgments from my in-laws or from my friends or from the community. A lot of people are like, no, this summer we're just riding it out. And that's stressful too, because I'm trying to work. I'm trying to do, do all the things. And my kids are here fucking everything up and making it hard for me all day long. Someone wants to join. Should we just do it? Let's do it. This. I don't know. 
sometimes people ask to join our lives and then we just we're like okay let's just try and then it's like you see like kind of like a foot on a yoga mat <laughs> or something. and they're like just trying to do their yoga and listen to this live so love hard it. to know let's try it again you know we don't really bring people on our lives or we haven't for a while why not someone else said trying to keep our kiddos mentally active they're running around and playing outside xbox but we feel like we need to keep their brains stimulated yeah i mean running around outside and xbox are those not uh, mentally stimulating activities or not mentally stimulating enough in your mind that sounds like what mm -hmm. uh, our kids school would call a little bit schoolish mm -hmm. Maybe. stimulated in what terms as far as like being drilled with math concepts or learning to read things, or, I don't know we all have these agendas I think that brings up a really great point where we're like our kids summer break is play enough mm -hmm. is what if they just do nothing is that productive enough mm -hmm. right it's hard to um to trust to that. trust yeah let's go live see if that works no, they, they don't want to oh, that's okay maybe they're like their little kids like pushing the buttons. Uh -huh. <laughs> what else has been hard for you all this summer? So keeping the kids mentally active, mm -hmm. got to keep trusting. I would say keep trusting in their innate desire to experiment, to express, to hang, to relax, to engage. Yeah, I think for those of us who have kids in, in more traditional schooling situations, summer can be a big trust fall mm -hmm. in saying, I'm really grateful for this break. I don't have to fucking drive them anywhere. They're not over, as overscheduled potentially, but also, are they not learning enough? Are they not being are they stimulated? Are they losing skills? Are they going to backtrack? What are, mm -hmm. if school is so important for them to have this whole year and they're not having it for two months, they must be losing out, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I love this worry. I love that. that you bring that up, Han, that sense of trust. Can we trust in play? Can we trust in break? Can we trust in this idea <clears throat> of a summer being like a weekend? the same way after a week of what else is there? Can what we, am I interested in? Can we trust in the way that our kids learned before they were institutionalized in schools? Can Love we it. trust in the way kids learned before industrialization institutionalized kids and put them in educational places? You might be scared. We people. used to just learn at home, right? Experimenting, playing, doing the activities of daily living. That's a pretty cool thing to be learning and, and, and engaging in right Yeah, now. but I think that's a process. Mm. Maybe that's something people can key into here is that recalibration of okay we used to be in this routine we wake up we do this transition time sometimes it goes well sometimes it doesn't you go to school I go to work we come home we do this dinner thing this bedtime thing and we have a weekend feels so feels a little a little floatier <laughs> and then we start it all over again and now it's this whole vast void of newness of opportunity of fear of weirdness of all the things what are those new rhythms? Mm -hmm. And I like that idea. This reminds me of Elizabeth Antonia, a friend of ours, um, who wrote a book. What's it called? Hmm? Elizabeth's book. Oh, man. Put me on the spot, I'm Sorry, it's, But it's all about establishing <laughs> rhythms in our homes instead of routines. As opposed to... The early riser companion. Thank you. <clears throat> as opposed to those moments or those times in our lives where we have routines. Wake up get dressed, go to the thing, go to school, go to work, come home, do brush the teeth, do the it's stuff. Imposed structure, yeah. A little bit more imposed structure. How can yeah. we consider this time of the summer, if and when possible, as more of looking for those rhythms? Mm. Where are we falling in? And I feel like this is like the crash course of the first week of summer where we're like, 
seeing what emerges, you it's know, so let the dust settle a little. Experiment. Experimenting Observe. a little bit. Letting the first week or two or month be like this big experiment. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Village Wisdom, you said stressing about nutrition too. These punks would eat the pantry shelves if we let them. Yeah, that's their job, <laughs> right? If we're worried about nutrition, if we're worried they're climbing the pantry shelves and eating things we would prefer they not, we just don't have to have those things in the pantry, yeah. right? We can create rhythms around eating. We've got the growing foods, we've got the fun foods. That's like a whole podcast and, and live in and of itself. That division uh, but of responsibility. We're and... here to support you with that, absolutely. Oh, Sonogram, you press the request to join due to wrist splint due to a parenting injury. Oh, so sorry to hear that. Hang in there. Jen Jordan said, weekends are so much harder when my partner is off from work. I work part-time from home and we have a sitter some of the week to pick up some hours. But woo, the weekends with dad are so much harder. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of code switching for everybody, right? Having to, to make some meaning from the madness and get into flow within a short period of time, right? Mm -hmm. It's tricky. It's really, really tricky. What else? Someone else mentioned siblings. What else is going on this summer that you're, has you feeling a little worried or a little helpless or a little frustrated and stressed? Sibling fighting, Nicole said, and transition to summer camp anxiety. Mm -hmm. We can talk more about that for sure. Hannah just recorded a little coaching call takeaway from one of our coaching calls um, about that idea of, summer camp or we're moving or we're going on a trip and that idea of a lot of our sensitive strong-willed neurodiverse kids struggling with that when we drop that bomb we're doing this camp we're going on this trip right. this one thing that wasn't there or that was different is shifting and how do we support them during that mm -hmm. i mean i think that it comes up really often when we have kids who don't do well with those big new new bits of news and transitions mm -hmm. that i think we think we need to like just tell them as early as possible and just deal with all the complaining and the resistance, convince them why it's so important, or we need to wait till the last possible minute and just mm -hmm. segue them into the camp or the trip mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And something we've been talking about a lot in our upbringing collective and in our coaching calls also is saying, instead, can we take this, this nugget of a conversation that can feel really overwhelming to our sensitive kids and can we expand it into multiple small conversations that can acclimate them to feel a little more comfortable and to process what's coming up mm -hmm. a new summer camp um a visit to grandma and grandpa new sibling a, a parent parenting on the weekend that they're not used to someone else doing bedtime all of these things can take a lot of little bits of acclimation that we can have in little small bits of conversations yeah. right that can help a little and i want to say sometimes that happens after we've just Delivered the news. <laughs> totally. You know, baby brother. No. We're gonna go to summer camp. No. We're gonna go on this plane to see so and so. No. Grandma's your new caregiver during the day. No. Mm -hmm. And I think that's okay when we get that no and we get that that's not happening from our sensitive and strong-willed kid. That's the perfect time to think about how can I start breaking this down into little digestible musings, <clears throat> storytelling moments. There's explorations for like a soft acclimation instead of throwing them off the dock into the cold water how can we let them walk through down the little hill into the water slowly warming as they go if we're able little by little right we all need that 
that transition for sure we're sensitive people too and i need transitions like Mm -hmm. i need to think and talk about a vacation coming up a lot Mm -hmm. think and talk about a party we're going to or something we're hosting Mm -hmm. i can't just do it last minute think about what we need as humans our kids need that even more they don't have the experience they don't have the prefrontal cortex right we owe it to them whenever we possibly can um so yeah we had sibling conflict going on Haley, you mentioned have to say my two and a half and almost six year old have been spending more time together than they ever have. And while they have more conflict, they're also really loving play together. It's so special to see. You can't separate the play and the growth from the conflict. They're one and of the same. They have two sides of the same coin. You can't grow and have fun playing with someone and not fight with them sometimes, right? We've been programmed to think they need to be separate or that conflict is uh, a threat to growth or to relationship for so our it goes kids, with like right? a marriage. Mm. You must have a healthy marriage if you never fight, right? No, no. We fight all the time. That's part of the process or us even, right? Sure. It's a healthy, healthy thing where people always ask us, oh my gosh, you guys must be best friends. And we're like, best friends, worst enemies. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all connected. It's part oh, of it, for sure. All part of the plan, part of the daily practice and mm-hmm. being in relationship, learning about our needs, my individual needs, mm-hmm. Kelsey's needs, our needs together, and our siblings. That's something that comes up quite a bit in our collective community and also in our coaching. Is like, how do we support our kids in building relationship with one another not in a way of building relationship like being perfect little siblings to one another all the time, but being real humans and helping them as that sensitive support staff, we like to say, we're eventually going to get past, we promise, (laughs) to help mediate their conflict in a way that tells them conflicting needs are safe, conflicting needs are okay. No one's at fault. We're not going to do the victim, aggressor, rescuer, triangle situation where every time we teach them inadvertently every time a conflict comes up, someone's good, someone's bad, someone's right, someone's wrong. That doesn't really help anything. It kind of prevents growth. So a lot of the work we're doing right now, especially with summer coming mm-hmm. and our kids spending more time than they ever have together, is saying, let's move in and figure out a way to be a, a neutral, mediator, sensitive mm-hmm. support staff to our siblings so that they can learn what do they need? What does the other person need? Conflict is safe. How can we get all of our needs met? That's a, it's a little bit of an investment. Not all of us have the time every single time, right? For sure. And it's a conflict of interest because most of us weren't supported in that way with mm-hmm. our own siblings. So when, you know, some of them are bopping each other on the head or screaming or saying mean names or poking each other with pooty-doo little, little simmery behaviors, we get really triggered and it's really hard to show up in that sensitive support staff way and it feels unsafe to us for sure sure. so that role is something we focus on a lot in our upbringing collective and in our weekly coaching calls what is that role what is who's that avatar what are they wearing what do they act like what's their voice like who are they channeling in your memory in your pop culture references your favorite show or book Mm -hmm. or your past and i'd like to say for those of you who are thinking right now oh channeling a role in my parenting (laughs) with my kids that feels inauthentic I want to be able to be my real, true self with my kids. I, I can't put on a fake persona that doesn't feel right. Yeah, pander to them. But let's think about the personas that we put on and that we practice in other areas of our lives. When we're at work, do you think we're acting like our true, authentic selves all the time? No, right? To our neighbors, to mother-in-laws, we are finding a way to navigate a social situation that works for everyone. And I think we can bring in and channel that same vibe and that same amount of effort into a relationship with our kids to say, who can I um, 
kind of channel or embody that suits and supports my kids. Maybe someone who's a little more humorous has got a little more of a sense of humor. That's mm -hmm. someone who I'm trying to channel more right now. Today I tried. I failed miserably. You were not funny at all. I was today. not funny at all today, <laughs> but I thought about it and I think I'm going to do a better job tomorrow. Someone who a little bit more curious um, would be good yeah. curious about what's going on wondering why who's needing what how's it going what can we do right someone's a little more creative and can think outside the box we can't always do it in the moment but that's why we have these conversations right now mm -hmm. is to think about how can we brainstorm different things for next time to support our kids in those daily struggles yeah. someone who's more of a, like, a smooth operator mm. unruffled super chill I'm sure you know someone in there in your life besides where you're chill. like how how are you just like so unruffled by this? It takes mental effort and energy a little bit, but practice mm -hmm. to be like that me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be that person who's like, interesting. Let me think about that. Or who's just nodding through a scenario that would normally make us be like, ah. Mm -hmm. Assuming your role. What mm -hmm. else has been going on for you all with summer coming up? Can I, I share something? Oh, I'd love you to tell. We had one of our first Parenting in the Wild social interactions. Actually, we had two almost in a row. Two weekends where we spent with um, friends, even for like 24 hours-ish or less. One without our kids and one with our kids. But during both, I had this feeling that maybe many of you can relate to, which is my kids are so hard. My kids are so outside the box. My kids are so different. My kids have so many needs. My kids are so dirty and unkempt. My kids have so many big feelings or this feeling of why can't my kids be easy? Say please and thank you. Brush their hair. Move through transitions easily. Be quiet when we say be quiet. Go do what we say whenever we say please go do that. And I think these are the moments that are really hard for a lot of people in our community and we talk about that in the Upbringing Collective so often. And that's what brings us together is saying, me too. I struggle so much because my kid doesn't fit inside the box. It doesn't, they don't, you know, work with convention. They don't mold. They don't conform in the same way a lot of other kids do. And I just, I want to say that so much of our community and the Upbringing Collective is about validating that and saying, your kids are amazing and you're doing nothing thing wrong and they're wonderful for everything they do and everything they don't do and it's okay but I want to just acknowledge to the pain and the struggle and the stress that we endure and I'm like a parent coach <clears throat> who's very much made peace to a huge degree and, and developed a sense of pride in who my kids are whether I'm parenting them at home or parenting them in the wild but I still struggle I still do that Tell us a little bit about this. I still text Hannah saying far away. I'm proud of my child. I'm proud of my child. I'm proud of my child. I'm mm. proud of my child to just say, please validate that back to me. I know I am, but I'm struggling with this right now. Operating around friends who we care about, whose kids are um, parented a little bit more conventionally and who just have fewer needs, who have different nervous systems, who are more easygoing, right? Who are, are, who are just easier to just kind of, get moving in all the things. Mm -hmm. It's a stressor. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even just compare your kids to other kids sometimes where you just, the, the difference is just really, really difficult. And then to feel the gaze of other people. A lot of our coaching clients right now are going on trips and they're traveling mm -hmm. or they're about to move and they're stopping certain places. And they're like, how do we feel safe um, in these situations with people who we know are judging our kids 
who we know are judging us and our parents. And I think that speaks so much to the fact that we're highly sensitive people. If I weren't a sensitive person, I'd just be like, I'm parenting. Yep, those are my kids. Yep, 100%. And that's how I normally act. Can't believe it. But inside, I feel that stress, that dissonance of, I know you're judging them. I know you think that they should be saying or doing something differently. I know you're holding them up next to your kid who's saying, please, thank you, calling me Miss Kelty, all of these things where I'm just like, that's not my kids and that's not my life and that's not the way that we necessarily interact with or have expectations for our kids. And it's just that dissonance is hard. And I just want to acknowledge that for people going on those trips getting into those play dates, those parties, those social things in the summer. It's very like great. we're with you. We're so <clears throat> with not you. Alone. We're that, that voice in your ear, those little huge people on your shoulder <laughs> saying, stay the course. It's okay. And I, I needed that this weekend and last weekend too. I needed someone to say, it's okay. You're doing great. Your kid is amazing. And I think that that's like, this feeling of wanting to control that a lot of our um, people in our community talk about when I get into public, when I get with my in-laws, when I get into friend groups that aren't as secure, that I don't know as well, often I want to con control my kid in a way that I'm trying not to at home. I say thank you. Don't walk that way. Don't make that mess. Oh, you're being too loud. You're being too crazy. You're being too much right now right? in ways that we're trying not to say at home or express at home. And I think that that's something that we can work on too in preparing our kids. Mm -hmm. This place might be a little different. I'm not asking anything differently of you, but just so you know. And that's a conversation for them, but also for us mm -hmm. in preparation. This place is a little different. They might have different expectations. My kid might not operate the same way. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Right? Part of the preparation stage too, I mean, we talk with our coaching clients, we've got preparation, we've got presence in the moment, we've got processing after. The preparation stage is one of the most like foundational, magical ways that we can support our kids and ourselves in parenting in the wild or in sibling challenges or any of the other stuff you've all been bringing up right now. But uh, preparation can also be thinking of not just talking to ourselves and calming ourselves down, not just talking to our kids and talking about how it's going to be different, right? But kids, other expectations, hold on to that, but not saying, so I need you to <laughs> right. so hold it together. So don't be you like a little bit less would be great. Yeah. Like, no. All of those things, but just helping put in mind that things might be different expectations, mm -hmm. people, whatnot. And then maybe talking to some of the people who we're going to see and if saying, we're able to. If, if and when we're able and comfortable to say, this is my kid. This is what's going on with us right now. I'm, having, I'm not apologizing for shit. I'm mm -hmm. just talking to you about what to expect with how they rule, what their mm -hmm. nervous systems need, why I'm parenting this way. Uh, we're hyper communicators. We over communicate. And so that could feel really good and safe to us. And then in other relationships, you might not be able to say those things to people. And so you have to have those conversations with yourself, with your kid, with your partner, with your community, right? With us, we're here mm -hmm. to hear that. We're here, yeah. Another preparation st step that we've been talking about too is just nervous system regulation. So when we're bringing our kids and ourselves into these new social situations, it's a camp, it's a play date, it's a new caregiver, it's a trip, whatever it is, right? We just need to think, how can we support and regulate the nervous system so we can feel and do our best? So that's us. It's really also our kids in so many ways. How can we find them the nervous system regulation, which we talk about in our Calm Bodies Guide and in our community and our coaching, to say activities to regulate the body that can help kids feel better to do better, right? Mm -hmm. And then we let the chips fall as they may at the birthday party, at the you know backyard barbecue, airplane, at the camp, at the airplane, at the airport, all of those things. We do the best we can, but preparation 
helps us do that. Having also a landing pad or like a nest where it's like, you know, you can go to that place if you're staying somewhere or if you're even at a birthday party, you can say, so if anything goes a little bit tricky, it feels hard, where will we go? And you set a stage with your kid, your sensitive and strong little kid who might need a little escape place. Mm -hmm. Is it the car? Is it the bathroom? Mm -hmm. Is it the downstairs area? Is it the backyard? Is it, has is a, plan it a call to me with a code word that says, I need out of here or I'm struggling at right. camp, whatever so it is. So we're preparing, we're doing lots of things like that. Um, what else is going on for all of you with preparing for summer, thinking about planning for executing, supporting your sensitive and strong little kids through all of this? Yeah, I know lot. we talked a little bit earlier about bringing up these big transitional elements, these mm -hmm. summer talks, these transition things that are happening. We're going to camp, we're going to grandma's, um, so-and-so is your new caregiver this summer, whatever it is, trying to drizzle that through in kind of nuanced, pondery, ex slow exposure to warm up kind of moments. Mm -hmm. But I also want to speak to, in this summer, really naming it and really being open with our kids when we're able. Can we have a weekly family meeting if we don't already? Just be like, summer, summer meeting week one. How's it going, everyone? What's happening? What's going to happen in week two? Let's check in. Right? Let's have, let's have an official moment of check-in with our kids. Let's process, and then let's go back to prepare. Right. Midweek, how's camp going? How's, it, yeah. how's everyone feeling about it? Right? Yeah. What's happening next week? Let's talk about that. Oh, this other camp. Or, oh, we're going on this trip. How are you feeling about the trip? How can we create those moments to hold space for the stress, for the indecision? Yes, for the resistance for the big feelings, for the resentment, sure. for any anxieties that come up? How can we try to channel that sensitive support staff that this is all okay and part of the process person that says, like a cool, calm CEO as Janet Lansbury would say, I want your feedback. You tell me, lay it on me, lay it on me. share everything. What's the worst about camp? What's the best about camp? What's the worst about grandma being your babysitter? I am so sorry that she's been saying that to you. Oh, that must feel terrible. Oh, you don't want to go on this trip because you're worried about these things? Tell me more. Mm -hmm. How can we be that safe landing space in preparation and in processing for our kids on a weekly basis, especially through this like weird summer vibe of like, this is all new territory, mm -hmm. right? I like that you're saying, Kelsey, to say, how can we welcome the drama mm -hmm. to, to help prepare us all for summer? How can we create communication strategies through a weekly meeting, or through just a nighttime check-in or a little mm -hmm. hug to say, I want to know all the hard stuff that's going on. Tell it to mm -hmm. me because if I can hear it and hold it, you'll feel better about it. Mm -hmm. And we can maybe work through the three C's that we talk about in our coaching and community, compassion, curiosity, and creativity. That's how you move through a challenge with those three C's. Someone mentioned, hi, Avery. Someone said, how to set the stage for our children not to take on bad behaviors from friends' children. Yeah. Talk about preparation. That's a really tricky thing to prepare kids for is to say, mm -hmm. do not mimic mm -hmm. this other per person or this other thing. Why do kids take on bad behaviors from friends? Why would you say kids act out things that they see? I think it's, it's a really healthy thing to experiment um, mm -hmm. with what kids are seeing and picking up. And I want to say that we don't believe in bad behaviors. We mm -hmm. just don't in general. So we think all behaviors, all choices are morally neutral. I know it's radical, very radical, but we like to say all behaviors are expression of something that they're needing, a feeling they're having, or a way to experiment, 
with power, with impact, with this idea of something else. And our kids' expression and their experimentation are vital to their learning. Yeah. So I don't think we want to prevent our kids from experimenting with or expressing things they learn that we feel are maladaptive or worrisome mm-hmm. that they learn from other people's kids. What we do get to do is when we see those behaviors, so when our, our kids come home from hanging out with the neighborhood kids and they're swearing, or maybe they're like, berating one another or they're like shooting or, big guns yeah or they're like throwing things more obviously things that they don't normally do that we're seeing them do because they hung out with other kids we get to just reflect that we get to get again the three c's compassionate wow you're really wanting to say those words and, and test out how they sound or you're really wanting to do that thing with your body that i haven't seen you do before and then you get curious what does it sound like or feel like to do that because we know and we trust in the fact that they're experimenting kids don't learn by being told or warned against things kids and everyone learn by doing so they have to embody something in order to practice it just like all the beautiful and amazing parental stuff we're doing they get to practice that also including the things that are not so ideal that they learn from us or from other people it doesn't mean and i just want to create a a Mm -hmm. sense of security here our kids practicing weird things that they've seen or heard other places doesn't mean they're going to be like that forever. Mm-hmm. I think that we can translate a lot of it. Yeah. What if they say, I'm going to kill you mm. to their sister? Yeah. So someone example. mentioned that. They yeah. heard that somewhere. It's what we call high energy language. High energy language. Yeah. And so it could be from, again, uh, an urge to express feelings or frustrations, in which case we translate and say, you sound really frustrated or you didn't like that she took that from you and you're right. upset when you're upset. How can I support you, right? So you're building the language for them. Instead of saying, I want to kill you, which is like the tabloid version, let's get down to the root cause of that was taken from you and you wish it hadn't been. How can I support you? So we're honoring that deeper situation, the root cause that's going on. Or maybe it's they're expre- uh, experimenting. So they're trying to learn about what they, the, the impact, the experience of saying and embodying that like more aggressive type of persona. In which case you can also translate that like, wow, that's a high, uh, like super intense word. Mm-hmm. Are you wanting to test it out? Mm-hmm. Or, ooh, are you, how do you think she's feeling about that? Did you ooh, hear What were you trying to say to her? Right. But I think so much what about it. What did you want her to learn from that? When our kids ooh. have those higher energy language, if we give them too much power and say, oh my gosh, don't say that. You can't say that in our home. Right. You love your sister. You, we yeah. don't want to kill each other. That's so scary. Right. That's terrible. Then we're empowering that, that word and that phrasing and kind of giving it a lot more um, gravitas and weight than maybe it needs to be. So we say you're experimenting with that. We call it out. You're trying out that language that you heard from earlier, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a super intense way did to talk to Did they say that her. to you? How did it feel if they right. said it to you? Yeah. But I think staying neutral and just curious, right? And, and seeing how it plays out could be really helpful. And then we can always circle back later. So we're mm-hmm. talking about the three P's and the processing step. So you were talking about that earlier. How did that feel? And we can talk about it with them then if they're willing and and able to connect. It depends on the kid. I feel like too Mm. much focus on the actual words, which is what we want to do. We talk about a circle back, like Mm. you're talking about this thing or these things you're learning, or it's a different world out there in summer campville than it is here at home and at school. Interesting. But I think a lot of us end up coming back to what we were raised with in that processing Mm. stage, which is the grill back, which says, so you've been coming home with a lot of like, like rude language or scary language or You've said some things to your sister that are really hurtful. And then so, we focus on socialization. Right. The socialization lens, the shamey tones of 
I need you to make another choice, all of those things, which, which really reduce learning in a way. So again, instead of focusing on the socialization, like you're saying, Kel, mm -hmm. we can focus on the self-awareness, which our schools aren't necessarily gonna do, mm -hmm. the outer world isn't gonna do. We as parents get to say, let's focus on the inside of what our kids are experiencing right, and help them make sense of it, because that's what's ultimately gonna inform the outside, what they say and how they interact, and say, what are you interested in about that? I'm gonna create safety and understanding and curiosity, so you bring me in on this journey. And I'm also gonna remind you as your parent that you might not say those things, those high-energy words, I'm gonna kill you, or these types of things, to other people in your life, like on the playground or with grandma and grandpa, but your home is always a place where you have the freedom to speak where you have the freedom to express yourself, and to say and, and try out new things. Where else could you possibly do that than with an attachment figure who knows and loves you and trusts you and can hold whatever you're gonna try out here? Yeah. That's what we wanna be showing our kids so that they know they can bring home anything from the outside world. Right now it's saying, I wanna kill you, and they're like five or six, or you're stupid, but maybe later it's about cheating, maybe later it's about drugs, maybe later it's about mm -hmm. sex, maybe later it's about really, like stressful social dynamics, and we can keep saying, I'll hold that, I'm here with you, that doesn't threaten me, I'm not gonna censor you or tell you, no, that's not good, right? So that the way and the patterning we're engaging with our kids in these moments that stress us out a little bit is really teaching them and conditioning them, are we a safe person to bring this stuff home to? Is our home a safe place to try this out and reckon with and learn through all of this mm -hmm. stuff? It's, it's it's, a, it's hard, but that's the work, right? Yeah, that is the conflict yeah. of interest in that Catch-22 we brought up earlier, having to be like, be an audience member to our kids' development, their brain development, their experimenting, mm -hmm. their big feelings, all of those things. And I like that you shift the, the director, right? You, you shift the goal from that socialization. We think our homes need to be the place where they learn everything mm -hmm. and they learn how to be perfect and they learn how to be a good human and they learn how to be them, right them. all those things yeah. and shifting away from that to say our goal of our of our home is to feel attuned to ourselves and why we're doing what we're doing and how we're feeling and what we're needing the inside learning right all the inside learning that all of the institutions outside of our home aren't necessarily focusing on can we be that one safe place that says you a hundred percent and not you just be you all the time i'm just being permissive and letting you live your life with no connection about it, no exploration of impact, but saying, I'm a safe place for you so that you'll keep coming back to talk about this, to grow from to the inside out. About it. Mm -hmm. And someone had mentioned early on this summer, this idea of summer, mm -hmm. what are our goals with our kids? And one of the goals being like, how can I keep their brains going and their learning happening? And yes, absolutely, we can think of it in institutionalized ways of like workbooks and, and math, skills like that. But we can also focus instead, they get that pretty much year round for the most you know, part. Can we focus instead on our goals this summer maybe to say, can I keep supporting my child's inner experience so that they can learn who they are, what they want, what they like, what they don't like, what, what they need, what their needs are. These are these inner experiences that most of us didn't get a lot of support in as kids and that we're still figuring out as adults in therapy, with our partners, personal in growth our businesses, books. right? Doing this personal growth journey that we actually get to have this summer with our kids and saying, I don't have to create these amazing vacations or these incredible experiences. I just get to show up when my kid is struggling or I'm struggling or their sibling's struggling mm -hmm. and just hold space and be there and work on the inside, right? 
That in itself is the most you could possibly, the most productive thing I just want to say we could possibly do this summer is to just do inner work with our kids as often as we can. And wait, and when we can't do that inner work with our kids, we always have to circle back. We always have bedtime or the next day and where we can say, I miss you, or I'm proud of you and I love you, or I'm sorry we're feeling disconnected. That was hard earlier. Right, right. Right, where we can make those little bridges, those little, those little reconnections after the fact. We have bedtime to do with, with our kiddos right now, but this has been really fun. Someone asked how they can learn more about our coaching program. And I also want to add on our community, which this week we're doing a community um, kind of drive. So it's an online membership community. We have live weekly group coaching. We've got forums. We've got a community of people from all over the world. And if you sign up this week, you get a free coaching call with us so that we can meet and connect and really start off strong with you. So that's on our website at upbringing.co. It's also here on Instagram. It's our link in bio. Um, and then our coaching calls, we can also, it's also on our website as well, but we could do a 30 minute call. If you just want to know more, you're like, Oh, is the collective membership community mm -hmm. more for me? Is the private coaching program more for me? It all depends on what you need and where you are right now. Okay. We, we want to support that. Yeah. You can pick any date on the calendar and just we'll hook up with you and you can share what's going on with you and your family. What's yeah. feeling hard. What's not working. What's yeah. going on. We want to get you through this summer. <laughs> Seriously, that's what we're doing to support each other. And that's what we, we all need more help than just ourselves, I think. And so um, you're not alone. We're all in this together. As we like to say, we're all growing up together. If you have any questions or, or anything that comes up, you can email us um, at Hannah or Kelsey at upbringing.co. You can DM us here on Instagram. We're around. Our dogs are barking now too. We're in high demand tonight. So we should probably go. Thank mm. you. Thanks for these little Thanks, notes. Sophie. Good to see you all. Okay. okay. We'll be back soon. We're Happy summer. These, these live Q&As through the summer, a more regular thing. Yeah. So we will see you all soon. Bye.